podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Whistleblowers Daily, a brand new bite-sized show going out every weekday of the football season. Each episode will give you the football headlines and some concise opinion on each. I'm Mark Smith alongside Martin Gritton. These are your football headlines for Tuesday the 9th of August. Connor Cody has joined Everton on an initial loan deal for the rest of the season. The England defender has left Wolves after seven seasons and over 300 appearances. A delighted Cody told the media yesterday that he will give absolutely everything every day for his new club and that he feels privileged and lucky to be there. Manchester United are allegedly closing in on two new signings. According to various reports, veteran Austria striker Marco Anatovic and French midfielder Adrian Rabio are close to sealing a move to Old Trafford in the coming week. Both transfers have been met with derision from fans and journalists alike, more of which later. And it might be early in the footballing calendar, but we already have a goal of the season contender. Ismail Assar scoring from his own half last night in Watford's one-all draw with West Brom in the Championship. The winger later missed a penalty. Those are your headlines. Uh, so, Martin yep. Gritton alongside me. Um, that first headline there, Connor Cody joining Everton. Uh, first of all, Gritz, he's been really important for Wolves. Are you surprised by this move? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's one of those ones where I think he's hedging his bets. And for him to move this early in the season shows that he was probably putting his hat in the ring over the summer saying, I'm, I'm ready to go. No one mm. came and bet. So he's thinking, if I can get up, how long did he sign? He's probably signed a decent length term. And I think it's initially alone. Good work. Okay, there you go. So I mean, I'm I'm sure then that's that is probably desperation to get away. Maybe he'd already yeah. let let the manager know how he was feeling. But if um, yeah, if, if he's looking for a permanent move, Everton is the kind of club that's going to pay over the odds, aren't they? In terms of a contract for them, it's a great yes. coup because he's, you know, he's he's an emerging one of those guys that gets better with experience, isn't he? He's a real good leader at the back and organizational skills will be. Oh, I think it's a, a very much a great needed sign, at Everton. Man. Yeah, they needed that for a while. Now with yeah, Tarkovsky and, and Connor Cody at the back, you feel like they've got something to build on. Plus they've got maybe Idrissa Garner Gay coming back. Plus they've got Anana. So it looks like a m- much more solid side. As for the Wolves part of it, I can only assume that Bruno Large is looking to play maybe more expansively this season, maybe switching from a three to a two at the back. And therefore Cody wasn't quite as necessary as before. So we'll wait and see on that one, but it's, it's quite an interesting signing, I think. And I think it's a good move actually for all parties, which is pretty rare. Uh, let's move on to the next headline yes. Manchester United looking at signing both Marco Anatovic and French midfielder Adrian Rabiot. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of sort of dissenting voices against this in, in both the media and social media with the fans. Uh, we spoke to Miguel Delaney from The Independent about this. Let's see what he's got to say. Uh, there's still a fair bit of shock in football. Well, it, it's shock, but also maybe not that much surprise that Manchester United are going for Arnautovic and Rabiot. Uh, just because it's a mix of desperation, really, and ultimately a lack of structure, recruitment planning that feeds into that desperation. Um, and I suppose this, this, it, it does raise maybe one of the issues why not that Ten Hag was a bad appointment, because uh, he's obviously a world-class coach, but why there were some arguments against his appointment. Because at Ajax, he'd been used to a structure that was pretty much perfect for the way the club and he worked. Obviously, figures like Edwin van der Sar overseeing an infrastructure that ensured that this kind of endless line of the right signings for the club. At United, he doesn't have that. There are all sorts of questions about the transfer hierarchy there. I mean, it was something that's come up among clubs this summer is even Mertz's 
uh, ability to close deals. And, and what's happened then is because United lack that structure where they're not offering, or it doesn't, it appears to be, they're not offering our options to kind of fit into a, a wider philosophy that encompasses the club uh, because they don't have one. What's happened then? Well, Ten Hag is also, as well as being the head coach, he's kind of in this recruitment role. And what does he do? He goes to the players that he, that he knows, which tends so many players in the Eredivisie, so many former Ajax players, uh, so many players he's worked with before. And they're left with this, and it's not quite the uh, the transformative summer or one that would have had the kind of uh, the positive momentum from a new era that you would have expected. And it suddenly means a lot of pressure on the, on the Brentford game on Saturday. That was Miguel Delaney from The Independent. Uh, fair to say, uh, not overly optimistic, Martin. What would you be feeling if you were a United fan? Are you happy with the, well, I want to say with the structure of their signings? Have they got any structure at all? Yeah, odd. It, uh, just strange, isn't it? I mean, why those players at this and the timing of it? I mean, straight after the defeat, you, you try and keep this a little bit more quiet or certainly get this business done because I don't know if it's, yeah. it's Max who's doing some sort of panic buying, but at the same time, the quality of them, uh, I'm, I don't know. Um, jury's mm. out. But it's been out, out for a while. And um, yeah, as I said, I'll, I'll, I'll doff to Miguel's uh, expertise on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and finally, I don't know if you saw this, Martin. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be lunchtime. Uh, if you're a football fan of any uh, any team or any league or anything, I'm sure you've already been told about this. Is Marley Sa- the uh, Ismaili Sargo last night? I mean, it is early, isn't it? This is this is ridiculous to talk about it, but I can't see it being beaten for for certainly a top five goal of the season already. Surely, it's mad, isn't it? He's the side foot element of it would just look like he stroked it in he's not even like yeah. pinged it he's just like caught it perfectly and it just mm. floated over the keeper so yeah beautiful execution I didn't realise he missed the penalty after that though because obviously they're not showing that <laughs> yeah no don't leave that off the highlight reel but yeah Ismaili Sar's a weird one he, he's an excellent player I think he's certainly too good for the championship um, I'm surprised he's not been not been taken but there is still three weeks left of the window and goals like that you know will only We'll only make it harder for Watford to keep hold of him, won't it? Yeah, it's not going to do him any harm. I always like seeing a goal, a striker out of um, the far too good for the championship in the championship because it always yes. it gets a bit silly, doesn't it? So I don't mind one of those ridiculous seasons. Uh, and certainly, if if we see some more of them from him, it won't it won't hurt. Um, I remember. Uh... Luar Luar at Colchester looking like an absolute different <laughs> gravy. It was on, I've never seen anything like it. It was like a sixth former playing with the third years. Um, I, yeah, that's, I'm not saying as many stars that, but it's, uh, it's you know, it's, it's fun, isn't it, to just watch that happen. Oh, guy, is way too yeah, good. Yeah. Who's the best yeah, player that I mean, you, in your experience? Who, who's the person that you sort uh, of play with that you're like, well, this guy should be playing five levels above where he is? Well, be players that the listeners won't know, but I mean, like the best one with Jack Lester was one that um, when he can, you know, Forest and Sheffield United, when he when he was at Chesterfield, he just felt like he could score at will. But for that reason, yeah. he passed it a lot, so it was a bit of a pain. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. And then whenever we played, whenever we played against, you play against the players that come down and you're just like, oh, I remember, you know, Russell Slade at Grimsby telling us, watch out for that Alan Shearer when we were playing against Newcastle and we were like, yeah, yeah, we know about Alan Shearer, he's quite good. And turns out they, that he was, they beat us 1-0 yeah. and he scored, so there you go. Who'd, who'd have thought? All right, that's all we've got time for name. today. We'll, we'll be back, <laughs> look out for that name. We'll be back same time uh, tomorrow with more Whistleblowers Daily. Podcast Network.